can't believe that you haven't seen it. Love it so much you really got us streaming. Let me tell you every line right now. I can quote the whole thing since I was 12. Maybe your mom told you no. She said she wouldn't give you any money to go. And that's why movies we missed. Hey, 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 hey. And welcome to another episode of Movies We Missed. I am your host, Brandon Greenhouse, alongside my lovely co-host, Jane Crystal Hammer. And uh, before we get into the episode, I do want to take a moment and just let you know, if you are curious about how to keep tabs on us, uh, then you can find us like our exes do. You can find us over at mm-hmm. um, Instagram, and you can find us over on Facebook. Uh, Facebook at Movies We Missed, and you can find us tweeting away at the number one um, most uh, Twitter certified Twitter account on Twitter um, at MWM Chat. Yeah, so that's where we're going to be at. That's where we reside. Uh, Jane, Mm. how how are you doing this fine, this this dreary day? Oh, you know the it's it's wet and rainy over here in in Chi Town, and I'm feeling the full like weight of the fall because mm. this is like it's been like I've enjoyed the first like couple weeks, and now it's like it's it's actually getting like a little colder than I would like. So I'm like a little sad about that. Oof. Yeah, I feel you, sister. How are you? I really do. <laughs> Do you feel me, sister? I do. Absolutely. Um, good, yeah, the, the seasons are changing. They are. And um, we are. They do. And that and we live in a city. We chose to live in a city where that happens. And I like it. I do like the change of season. I just I get nervous about the winter. You know, I don't know. What do you mean? Um, I get nervous about like how cold and how long mm. it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, that's like, true. Like you don't know what you're in for and how mild it's going to be or how wild it's going to be. Yeah, because sometimes you know we've had mild winters and sometimes it's just like it's April and I'm still just like there's snow. I'm cold. It's like constant and particularly with all this climate change, you never know what you're going to get. You know what I mean? It's it's always um, it's always longer than you expect it to be. I feel like mm. one of the great times or that's not good um but it is always it just goes on <laughs> what, for, uh, what what is what is a good thing that is longer than you expect like what do you enjoy to be longer than you expect besides the, the obvious obviously the movie well obviously for you maybe if, i don't know where your mind is i'm thinking books i'm thinking literature <laughs> um i'm thinking, oh, okay, I'm okay. thinking films as well um, but I saw okay, you okay. trudging around in the mud, clearly there. Um, I'm thinking the movie Titanic. It's always a little bit longer than you expect. And, you know, and, we you, are, li- and, you, and you like how long that is. No, I don't. I don't really care about that movie, actually. I mean, it's fine. I don't remember it. But I just think, like, we've gotten to a point, too, where, like, movies are a little too long now. Uh, that's so funny. I feel like, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, that's probably true. They're, they're, I mean, I think there's a lot of story. I mean, that's such a subjective thing, though. There are some it's movies such a subjective that are thing. It depends too, on the movie, of course. But There are some movies that are too 
long. I do find myself with this podcast, we give each other a lot of movies and I find myself sort of like when I'm starting the process and it's partly because I, I'm not just going to have the freedom to watch the movie. I have to take notes as well, right. which feels like a different thing. Yes. So like I find myself sometimes like I'll push play on a movie and it's typically movies you recommend, although sometimes it happens with movies that I recommend. Um, I'm usually kind wow, of aware okay. with a movie that I recommend, like how long it is already. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Although sometimes I surprise myself if it's a movie I haven't seen in a very long time and I push play and I see that it's two hours and 15 minutes and I'm like, here we go. Strap in girly. Um, you know, you know what was surprisingly long? One of the movies we've done on this podcast what? was, which actually it didn't bother me because I liked this movie, mm-hmm. but it was really long. It was something's got to give is like maybe something's got to give something's, Here's the thing. Nancy Myers films <laughs> are always longer than you expect them to be because they break the rule of, they break like the rom-com established rule, which is like a rom-com right. is going to typically maybe be like an hour 40 if you're nasty. And like, it's mm-hmm. also funny because it's like, I feel like what something's got to give because I watched it several times in a row for the podcast. I did find myself thinking like we don't need this like there, that's like, the thing there was, when you watch things great. for the podcast you you watch it with such a different eye you're like oh we could cut all of this we could cut all of this. and i'm like i find myself watching it like at, you know in such so much more of a critical light and also it takes a lot of time to watch the movie and take notes because sometimes i have to stop and rewind or whatever so like if you give me a movie that is like two hours are over i'm like oh i guess he really wanted to make my week didn't he i have i have a question for you i feel like we should start maybe a new segment then that's okay, just called segment? it's just called cut it and it's like what we think could be cut from the movie like a scene if we want to pick a scene from a movie oh i got I, I, that's a really good segment actually and like we can just discuss it, it works better i think with longer films obviously but like I mean, like the one I gave you this week, um, it's well, pretty no, short it's and not tight. Too long. No, it's pretty short and but sweet. There are, I still have notes about what I would cut. Let me what? Tell you. What? <laughs> Look, let's just say this movie was a hit. Let's just say this movie was a hit in this house. And uh, <laughs> well, it it was. Oh, by the way, by the way, I am not saying it wasn't a hit in this house. I watched this movie twice, and let me tell you, Tara was excited every time when she found out we were watching. She's never seen it, when, but she just saw the cover and she's like, "Oh fuck yeah, I'm in!" And like when she found out, by the way, that like I had to find it on Tubi. That's her favorite thing because she knows it's gonna be like there... there's something about it. There's something about it that makes sure that it doesn't appear on any of the mainstream streaming apps, and she loves that. And third thing she fucking loved out this movie was the soundtrack. My girl could not and would not stop dancing. Oh. She was feeling every beat that this movie <laughs> so don't get me wrong it was a hit we both enjoyed it i think I, I, for for reasons probably other than what the filmmakers intended but we both had a good time with it um i will say that i did see quite a few uh 
nuggets over on Tubi while I was when I first was looking for this one. I was like, well, that's a good one. Ooh, that's a good one. They made that. There was a movie. I can't remember. It was actually it was called a Tubi original. And like they oh just had the, they had the yeah. I can't the, even imagine what that would be. But like it just had like a one sentence summation of the movie, and I was like, I we have to watch this on the podcast. Um and it looks was it this movie or a different no, movie? No, it's a different movie. And I, I'm okay. hooked and I'm ready. And I read it to Dave and he kind of was like, oh, okay. And I was like, no, you don't get it. This is like, this is it. This is, gonna this be is what I look for in a film. By the um, way, for for our, our listeners who don't know, Tubi is a free app like on your smart TV where you can stream the bottom of the barrel or – what maybe that's the wrong term i would say forgotten gems which i think is shots fired if i work there um if i'm if i'm <laughs> eugene and escalanda tubi who started the company brother and sister then i'm not loving you right now i'll say that it's sort of like do you remember at blockbuster or like they used to do this at target as well where you would like you could buy a bundle of 3 dvds for like 20 bucks or whatever and it was like one you maybe really wanted and then two that you've like never heard of but like you're just like well that's cheaper than buying the single one so might as well and then you randomly have like you know copies of the worst movies ever made they plaster yeah they plaster like uh i like it's like a it's like a set for like like nicole kidman and it's like practical magic to die for and then that like weird anthony hopkins movie fur that nobody saw and you're just like you know i don't want that <laughs> i can't believe you know about that it's just like this I'm obscure fu- i don't film. even never heard of fur that's the point that was a goal um right so they succeeded that was uh, but but like that's the moment <laughs> where you're like what are y'all doing you knew i didn't want this one don't pretend. Um, but that's how they got you. <laughs> stuff, in the, stuff it in here. <laughs> but yeah. So that's how I, I stumbled upon this movie while I was searching for information on Killer Clowns from Outer Space while you were in Gay Paris. And it mm. sounded like something that would be just like right up my alley. And uh, I was like, I'm going to shove this up her alley too then. And, uh, <laughs> and you did. It was shoved directly up my alley. And you know what? It was a fun. It was a. It was a fun shoving. <laughs> um, I guess I took. I, everyone so. hated it. Everyone hated it. But I would love or... to hear. Well, just the 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 metaphor. I guess okay. you could say of you shoving this movie at my alley. Okay. Um, right. Sort of aggressive. Yeah. Depends on who you talk. So to. I'd love to fully move on from that and hear um hopefully you've prepared you've prepared a synopsis for this lovely film yeah i know you want to move on from it but we're going to be all up in alleys in this movie baby <laughs> um so <laughs> that is true. i you have a synopsis and uh honey i was born ready well, here we go molly is your average overachieving 15 year old high school student in hollywood it's all about getting good grades and taking care of family With one small caveat, she's moonlighting as a sex worker named Angel. You probably think she's pretending to be a 15-year-old, but we'll find out that she's an adult at some point in this movie. Nope. I said what I said, and they did what they did. 
All is going well, as well as it can for Molly, given the plot points I've just shared with you. She hangs with a pretty tight inner circle that keeps an eye on her in between jaws. There's the wide-eyed dreamer, Crystal, the sassy but always classy motherly figure, May, and this movie's answer to Sam Elliott's turning down of the role of Kit Carlson. Things are moving along swimmingly until certain friends within the crew start coming up murdered. We've got a classically inept police department struggling to make sense of a problem they don't really care about. Directives like, stick to your regulars, are thrown about. The other thing we have to keep in mind is that this insane plot is taken very seriously by the actors. I'd argue that our twisted killer is the most serious of them all. Let's just say I wouldn't leave a carton of eggs unattended around this freaky-deaky murderer. Will they catch this killer before he murders again? Will Molly make it to graduation? And will you stop fiending for 80s everything? (laughs) Don't make me say it. Just strap right in as we take a gander at the world of Angel. (laughs) That was great. I mean, fully encapsulated the ridiculousness. There's a there's a lot going on in this one, and so I you know I had I had to sort of pick and choose because I was like I'm gonna try and keep this as streamlined as possible, but uh, it uh, it's it's a wild ride. Were you were you shocked? Did you did you know what you were getting yourself into when you started the movie, or did you just go into it completely blind? I had no idea what I was getting into, but as I pressed play, like Tara started to read the description a little bit and she was like, teenage prostitute. I was like, what is happening? And first of all, I know we don't use the term prostitute. We use the term sex worker, but within this movie, they use the term prostitute um, more often than not. In fact, sex worker never shows up, but obviously no. that's the evolution of language that we're at right now. Welcome so we'll try to say sex worker. Yeah. We'll try to say sex worker when we are speaking about the movie. And then obviously if we're quoting anybody, we're going to, you know, quote it accurately, but yeah. What prostitute? There we go. Okay, it's not like <laughs> it's. It, it, I'm not gagging to use the word, but they use it a lot. They use what a word? lot of words. What word? They they use the word cunt all the time in this movie, which I was unprepared for. Uh, you use that word all the time. Use that word while talking to me all the time. You get hurled at me. <laughs> Of course I do, but that's me. Mm. I think like when you're watching like a movie, I feel like that word doesn't come up that much. I use it in my daily life because I think it's a hilarious word and mm. <clears throat> I like it. It's very aggressive and so I use it, but you don't expect to see it in like I guess in a movie from 1984 very often. Does it do anything to you when I start crying when you're using the word and when you're yelling at me when I'm running down the street (laughs) trying to get away from you? Is that, does it make you feel powerful? Um, It makes me feel good. Yeah, it definitely makes me feel good to scream that at you when you're already reduced to tears for sure. And that's something that I am working on in therapy, of course. Um, But, you know... I feel like I have to be as honest as possible on this podcast. So I am glad that those better health vouchers came in. You know, here handy. we are. Um, 
I gave them to you a while ago, but I'd like to know that they've got wills now and we're, we're uh, making them ride. Um, Be- better help vouchers. First of all, this is vouchers. Worldly people, affluent people who move so- through um, the upper echelon of society. Those people are giving each other. Actually, vouchers. I do feel like va- voucher is like a very British word. Yeah, it's it's very British. Um, it's very metropolitan. Um, it's um, mm. it's city. You know, it's very that. Um, so yeah. So do you want to? Is there anything in the movie that? Uh, what, what, I did you find yourself? I found myself thinking very much at the beginning of this movie. I was waiting to find out that. I thought that what was going to happen was I thought that Angel was going to be like an undercover cop that pretending to be a 15 year old. Oh, at the very you know beginning what? of the movie. I didn't, I, that. I didn't think this movie was layered enough to have a twist like that. <laughs> I was like, nope, this is going to be so surface level and so weird. And I was right because literally it was, it was, the one of the weirdest movies I think I've ever seen. It's a, it's and a you did say, and you did say in the beginning, like, um, there was a lot going on, but at the same time, it's a very simple story, and That's like, true. it's it, there's not necessarily that much going on other than just the chaos of these characters being like, so like doing all of the things that you can't understand, but like the plot itself, very simple. And they didn't really spend a lot of time like growing the meat of the plot. Like for instance, this like psycho killer who is running around killing sex workers (laughs) um he is just a shell of a character like he gets oh he is so fucking weird first of all but gets like zero like you don't understand the motive you don't there's no backstory like there's nothing he's just this like sort of Dahmer-esque figure being disgusting and running around being gross and killing people and that's really all there is to it you never I think he has one line in the entire movie first of all I'm gonna just have to push back right against that because if I remember correctly we get a photo (laughs) of this guy from childhood as he's sucking the he's sucking the white out of an egg. He, he uses one of his killer knives to okay. cut a hole in the top of this raw egg, and then he puts the egg to his mouth and he sucks the white part of the egg out, and then he smashes the entire raw egg into his face. And then there's a photo of a young boy and a mother figure on the wall. He leans over and he kisses uh-huh. it with his yoky mouth. So I'm sorry. But okay, as far as so- I'm concerned. That's that's part of plenty, baby. I know a lot about him. I know that he has his own relationship so, with poultry and poultry adjacent food items. Um, and I know that there's something that hasn't quite been figured out between him and mama. So I'm like, gold. Okay, so first of all, that scene, and I just want our listeners to know, is probably one of the most disgusting things I've seen committed it's really to film. Yeah. Imagine if, imagine if you will, a grown man, shirtless, mm. sweaty, 
looks mm. like he probably hasn't showered in a week. What's a shower? Is holding an egg. It's it's how you clean your body. Ugh. He's holding an egg. There's a little hole at the top. He's got disgusting, long, unkept fingernails. Mm-hmm. But there's dirt all under his fingernails. Fucking disgusting. Yeah, and know. he puts his little, little disgusting lips over the top. And he starts like sucking the egg white out of the fucking top of the egg. And I screamed first of all that scene is so long it is so much longer than it needs to be i hated every second of it and then he smashes it into his face and i guess there was a cutout picture of his mom on the wall but i couldn't see it i couldn't drink that in because i was so horrified by what he was doing to that egg with his disgusting hands and face it so is, no, that was not plot enough for me. It is an, the anatomy of a, of a of a serial killer. It is a trip into his mind. Um, it's long for like an average sort of like podunk audience member, um, but for an, a person who is who who loves mm. to sort of dive into art house films, an auteur of sorts, mm. um, it's going to be just what the doctor ordered. So when I saw that scene, I thought it's over already. Um, but it's interesting that Jane, of course, watched it and thought, Ooh, no, where's Hillary Duff? Because she wasn't ready to get gritty and to get grimy with this gentleman who was simply credited as the killer in the script because names weren't needed. Names were not needed. And like Hillary Duff, I'm going to raise my voice and speak the goddamn truth. Here we go. It's and so that yesterday, Jane. It's so was- yesterday. <laughs> I'm coming clean, okay? And I'm going to let you guys know that I am horrified just by this character. Our Actually, of the Hillary Duff catalog. <laughs> I know that is all I have. I have no idea. Um, something about dreams are made of, but that's what dreams are made of. But that's I think that's Lizzie McGuire as opposed to Hillary Duff. So you know, whatever. Um, but back to the quote-unquote killer. I do think he was well cast just because, and this was clearly the motive to make him the most disgusting person you've ever seen. But like every time he came on screen, I, I, I physically recoiled. That's how gross I felt. I leaned in. Um, cause I wanted to go there and I, of course he's your type. He's your type. Um, this movie is, it's actually, I think this movie may have been released in 1983. Um, it was made for three million. The oh, I was just gonna say the information is like the information is like all over the place because a couple of sources I read eighty three, some places I read eighty four. I read the age of the main actress twenty three, and then twenty six, and then twenty five. So it's like the information online like isn't like stellar. We don't know a ton about it. We don't know a ton about it, which is often the case with gems. Um, I will say that uh, I saw that Donna Wilkes' birthday was listed as 1958, which would mean that she was around 25 mm. or six when this one was created. Um, and, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, she definitely, like, I checked that age because she looked the part. I'll say that. Um, she was giving, like... She did. She looks like a 15-year-old. And, um, yeah, no. So, the movie was released on January 13th, 1984. It was made on a budget of $3 million, and it made around $17.5 million smackaroos at the box office. Mm. 
That is unfucking believable. Why and how did this movie make so much money? It made movie because people. It made money because people who love movies and who love good films went to see it. Jane, there are three of these. Okay, just so you know, I this did, is one in a series. I did see that there was a, se- a sequel and a third movie, and I thought. I, I I just I'm, I'm blown away. Not not because I didn't enjoy this movie, but because when I watched it, it felt like an after school special or like you know like a, a very dark after school special. The best after school special you've ever seen. If it felt like <laughs> one, this movie was solid. Okay, from beginning to end, I was on the edge of my seat at the end of the movie. I didn't know what was going to happen. I was quaking. It was, I was, it was shivering. It well, uh, it was an after-school special with the liberal use of the word "cunt," and with, I mean, let's be honest. I knew what was going to happen at the end. You didn't know that they were going to capture the killer and kill the killer they, because, but I didn't be know who safe. was going. I didn't know who was going to take the killer down, and I didn't know okay. who was going to be safe at the end. I didn't know if the lieutenant was going to die. I didn't know okay. if Kit Carlson was going to make it. So no. Okay. Okay. Well, they did. I mean, they did kill everybody basically in the beginning. They so killed all of true. these characters who I had fallen in love with over the course of the movie, one by one. I don't know how you had time to fall in love with them. You didn't fall in love with May. <laughs> I did. Okay, I did fall in love with May, but she was she was killed in the last like act of the movie. But like Dawn and Crystal, the sex worker friends, were killed like instantly and i felt like it was i felt like i was called to task to feel really emotional about these deaths when i didn't feel that i really had sufficient time to get to know them i followed my leading lady and when she <laughs> cried i cried okay when okay, she so lost you- wide-eyed dreamer crystal <laughs> then i felt like i lost crystal too and you know all the dreams you know that were that were lost with her when Yo-Yo was found crying outside of that motel room (laughs) having disrupted the crime scene holding the spin top that he had gifted her covered in blood which absolutely is evidence it should have been bad I I was pained and confused you know what this is a good segue though we didn't talk about it yet this is going to be a couple of weeks late but we did lose an icon today the incomparable uh, Dame Angela Lansbury. Uh, is she a Dame? I believe so. Right? Oh, okay. I, I I don't know. I wasn't sure. Now you're making me question it. I she I don't know. Absolutely, I don't... she is. Okay. Okay. I thought so. Okay. I won't be I don't... questioned. <laughs> Brandon, you will always On be questioned. My you will always be questioned. This is your little guest is... run is oh coming real close to ending. And and this real. is. <laughs> And this Real is close. you pulled at, at the party we were at this week and telling everybody I was your guest star. The party that you, you know the party that you showed up very at very well that Here we go. I am the owner of this podcast and have graciously invited you to be oh a part God. of it every week. All right. But I'm everybody about making some personnel changes. Everybody Jane uh, in classic hanger on style showed up at a party <laughs> of my close friend uninvited and was she drunk i'll let you decide based on what you know about her um she's walking around the party spouting all sorts of nonsense just being gauche per use um offending people uh she doesn't really completely understand decorum which i knew i knew So that was a part of why I tried to lose her. She caught me right as I was entering into the building. And she begged me to let her come with me. And when she started crying, that was really when I was like, I guess this is what's going to have to happen. But, like, my thing 
really with Jane, other than her just being toxic, is that she she makes up things. She lives in a world of fiction, which is why I think a movie like this would be to her liking. It's delusion. And when I invited her to come on this podcast, I remember David reached out to me and he was like, she's really hard up right now. You see what her life is. Um, and I said, yeah. But I was like, when you see, like, when you see a, a garbage fire taking place on the beach, you let it burn out on its own. You don't mm-hmm. intervene. And mm-hmm. we kind of debated that. He was like, well, maybe you do. And I was like, I, I don't. I don't. So this has been a really, this has been a really emotionally draining journey for me to try and like mm-hmm. put Jane on to the podcast world, mm-hmm. to try and get her up to speed on what's going on and what the cool kids are doing. And uh, <laughs> me tired, <laughs> you know, very bad. I'm exhausted. Mm. Uh, and I am, I'm thinking about doing some, some, some cleaning the house around here. I'm, I'm, I'm actually exhausted of this revisionist Lower your voice. Because you know, and I know that that is, that is just out of nowhere. And if anything, I've been sort of strapping you to my back and bringing you up towards the glory, um, of which we experience, um, a great deal from the work on this podcast. And, um, you know, without me, it's an award-winning podcast. I won't deny that lifting you up, um, and saying, Hey, you down there, are you interested in changing your life? And you groaning and turning over and me sort of having to reach down and pull you out of your, God, what should we call it? Like a stupor um, and and having you meet me at my level um, is it's been difficult. It's been tough. It's been, and I will say, at the party we were at this weekend, which of course I was very much invited to, and um, there was a conversation between me and um, the producer of this podcast, who's also your husband, Dave, about whether we should um, have you come with us to this party because we knew how you were going to behave. And <laughs> I'll tell you what, a drink and a half in, he was making threats to partygoers, um, uh, inflating his own status within the uh, within the group, and um, telling everybody that he was going to go to, I believe, the pool and throw up. Was that right? Was it you wanted to throw up in the pool, or was it the hot tub? It was. It was a. It was in a very nice facility. It was a a gorgeous high rise, and um, he wanted to uh, let everyone know he was there in his own way. So. You know, <laughs> if you are, baby. Jane if you spoke are, about, baby. Jane spoke about. Uh, Jane first of all spoke about lifting, lifting me up to the heights mm. that she's at, and it's like we're in the gutter. All right, so I don't know. I don't know what that experience is. And second of all, I didn't even know there was a pool, but Jane was the one like little rat running around, looking in every corner, trying to see what she could pick up and take. And she must have stumbled upon a pool, um, which is typical. So I didn't know anything about that. Um, but, you know, she's going to have to, speaking of pool, she's going to have to swim herself out of this nonsense she's gotten herself wrapped into these lies. And my favorite thing now, my favorite pastime is taking Jane to court, watching the judge rip her apart, just like in the custody case with the dog. Um, the words the judge used were unconscionable, if I remember correctly despicable oh, and i think the judge called you a nasty woman as well 
And before I remember you continue, thinking, I'd love yes. to know. Before you continue, I'd love to hear and just I just want a one word answer on this one. And it's being recorded, it's on the record. Good. Um who <laughs> who out of this room has custody of the dog? I do. <laughs> That's a lie, buddy! <laughs> I have custody of the dog. Jane has visitation. Okay. Which I dog- don't even... Last time I tried to bring the dog over during her visitation, I, I opened the door. Jane had fouled herself. <laughs> so I told her, visitation canceled. I'm going to bring the dog back to my house. Today, she calls me crying on the phone. Oh, I'll be good. I'll be good today. I'm not on that stuff. I'm like, cool. I'll bring the dog over. So right now, she gets to spend a little bit of time with it, but I'm coming by to pick up the pooch soon. So mm. it's like enjoy your time you know it's very bad um and speaking of enjoying their time the people in this movie have to enjoy their time on earth i was gonna do a transition with speaking of fouling themselves oh, nice. <laughs> and, and i felt like that either one works but yours is a little bit more um generous i will say so we'll go with yours a it great is, transition thank you thank you jane um mm-hmm. it is a, a movie where people are running out of time as we mentioned um <laughs> Crystal earlier, a really, really good friend and confidant of 15-year-old um, Angel slash Molly. I mean, whatever. That means. Also, I want to be clear that, like, they don't really, like, they don't know what to do with school, it seems, in this movie. With no. Molly, like, they don't really define the world. Well, what they do define is that the average age is 35, apparently, among the high school students, because we got oh, a lot of grown-ass people. My God. So, Rick is a high school student who like is disgusting and like he's like keeps he's like jock captain of the football team like that kind of jerk <laughs> and he like and it seems this seems to be a wealthy prestigious private school and she's like an honor student and um rick is uh a, who brandon just described the blonde jock who really wants to fuck molly or molly slash angel and is absolutely disgusting to her every time he sees her at one point grabbing his dick in front of her at the locker and just being like oh let's study i'll teach you a little something and let me be clear when i say that rick could be the middle-aged principal of this school and not a student as he is cast yeah yeah absolutely um, <laughs> you were not uh, paying that. You were doing no. I was actually what looking. We I was looking into. Um, He's looking into Rick. I was going to see if I could locate him. Pierce said, uh, <laughs> "May have lost him. <laughs> may have lost him. He may. He may have disappeared from the game before IMDb." <laughs> no, that... I'm seeing a, a light. Looked like a light obituary. So, um, oh, uh, I'm my bad, y'all. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. Um, but yeah, so. Anyway, Rick is, he's a, he's a scoundrel of a character, and, and he's really, like, making Angel's life hell, but he's also a grown-ass man who looks like he works at the school. And several of the students are. There's some wide shots of, like, classrooms where the students are being assigned. Also, it's, like, it's just, they, they've been directed to just, it just they just want, like, loud guffaws and, like, just really sort of, like, it's just a lot of, like, yelling at whatever the teacher says. Like, the teacher's like, all right, everybody quiet down, and they're like, ah, ah. And then the teacher's like, no, not us. It's very strange. It's wild. And then the teacher's like, okay, you have to read the first. I think he says you have to read the first act of King Lear, which, by the way, I know I'm a theater nerd, but it's, like, not that long. And everybody's like, (laughs) what? It's just like, enough. It's like, 
it's performing high school is what it is. It's not actually <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's like, too much. Yeah. Um, and once again, I found myself wondering why 15? Like we couldn't make her 17. Not that that makes any better, but no, we couldn't make her like a little bit underage. closer to adulthood because there's a moment in the movie like where our cop who, by the way, we, we mentioned this earlier, the icon, the legend. This actually, I think, was when it cut out earlier. We mentioned this earlier, the icon, the legend, Dame Angela Lansbury. Did we talk about this? Did, the, did we cut out? Was that in the previous recording? I can't keep it straight. <laughs> okay, so we've had a lot of technical difficulties today, so we can't remember if what we were talking about saved. I think we did talk about Angela Lansbury. I, I think, think it was the was other on... recording. No, no, no. I think I... it was this one. Was it? Okay. So we've already talked sure. about her. We're talking about her again. She passed away. Unfortunately, ninety six incredible dis- body of work. We got distracted by the whole Dame thing. That's what happened. Yes, that's what it was. Um, yeah, James, we can't useless keep question. Rack of um, ourselves. So yeah, she was a Dame. She was decorated, multiple Emmy Award winner, Tony Award winner, like the iconic, the original Mrs. Lovett, uh, Beauty and the Beast, like bed knobs and broomsticks. Like it goes Everything. on and on. She's I have. A- She's a staple of everyone's childhood, honestly. She's and so, adulthood, of course. So incredible. I yeah. have recently, along the day, we've been rewatching Murder She Wrote from the beginning, mm-hmm. um, taking a trip to Cabot Cove. It is incredible. It is mm-hmm. Camp with a Capital C. Love. And Angela Lansbury is currently is is constantly uh, solving murders is to put it lightly what she's really doing is is a lot of summations and there's a lot of like inferring and a lot of like throwing her weight around as a world class journalist J.B. JB Fletcher novelist J.B. Fletcher um, there's a lot of times where you're like this isn't enough and like she's, she'll like she corners someone this will someone. not hold up in a court of law well it, typically it won't but what typically happens is the person confesses because they feel the pressure and it's like a, she's a novelist visiting. Okay, yeah. you don't. That's like Danielle still like walking in, like walking into your home and accusing you of murder. And it's like you I don't get, have to say shit. You know, Danielle all I would be saying is you'll. I'll speak. I'll be speaking to my attorney. That be the right. beginning, the end. Instead of you got me. I wish you didn't show up in this town. Yeah, I killed her, but she deserved it. Um, have I that's fantasized? Like, what were you saying? No, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say, have I fantasized about a world where I get to do a reboot of this show and I get to play J.D. Fletcher? You better believe it. Nightly, it sounds like. Dave's been gassing me up too, though. He's been like, he's like, you'd be such a good J.B. Fletcher. And I'm like, I want it more than I've ever wanted anything in the world. I can see you in the wig right now, and I can oh my see. God. I mean, oh, I the. The matronly dresses you we'd put you in oh for that, and I would love to be dressed up as the as a different murderer each week, confessing to a crime. Just new wig every episode. Yep. Give us mm-hmm. okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. So quickly, I'll do. Oh, you give me one voice, and I'll have you give me the same one. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Mrs. Dubois, what are you doing in the parlor? Well, I'm just having a cup of tea. What are you doing here? Last time I checked, teas weren't seasoned with blood. <gasps> How did you find your way into my house? You need to leave. Were you were you southern when we started? Yeah, I was, I was trying to be. <laughs> oh, I thought you were like British. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, Dubois made me feel southern. Was that not coming through in the beginning? I, 
who knows? You know, this okay. is something we figure out with the director. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. And honestly, and, like, I can take it again. I know this is this is an important audition. No, I want to nail no, no, it. No, 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 no. You can leave that. Let's leave that one on ice. Oh, um, okay. And then I'll go okay, one more okay. really quick. Okay. Mr. Abernathy, why are you holding that that bloody syringe? Well, this syringe here is something I just uh, I found in the john. I didn't know where it was, but it just came to me. So I was just picking it up and wondering the same thing. Where did this syringe come from? You found a loose, bloody syringe in the room <laughs> with my bare hands. <laughs> Yeah, there's more questions to follow there. That sounded like that sounded like a drunk, gruff, like older brother of Jimmy Stewart. He, well, he's been through a lot. He's been through a lot. And um, anyways, if anybody has any connection to a producer or a studio or whatever, we are open to that conversation. I am ready. I'm I'm mm-hmm. ready and I'm willing. And uh, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in the prime of my life right now. And I mm-hmm. I think that it's I think that Angela, I think you I think you are at perfect murder she wrote age i do too uh-huh i know you think it you think it's something uh, man. no but i'm, I'm nope. not gonna you shade me uh, i'm not i think it's a compliment baby i think with this generation things have to be younged up a bit so i think it'd be perfect oh, for me uh, as, okay as a slightly younger uh version to take on the role mm. um and i think if they wanted me to age up there's prosthetics there's makeup is it going to be hell Mm-hmm. Aging me up, you better believe it. But um, I'd be up for the task of trying. Um, after all, I was confused for a twenty-year-old, not even a week ago, as you know, Jane. It wasn't a twenty-year-old. Someone said, "Oh, you look like you could be twenty-seven," which yeah, is closer, exactly, which is closer to thirty, and just a number they threw out. And they were just being nice, man. Yeah, and what happened to you? You got handed an ARP leaflet. <laughs> on your way out of the grocery store. So that humble didn't... yourself. Okay? <laughs> that did not and somebody, happen. And Jane, somebody asked you if you were my mom the other day, too. And I said, yes, I gave birth to him. His personality is mine. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, back to the movie of the week, um, mm. which was not a movie of the week. Okay, it's not okay, a television okay, okay. movie. It's okay, just the movie okay, of our week. Okay, Jane keeps okay. trying to trying to put this movie on tv we all know this subject matter couldn't have held there um but yeah so she's 15 years old and like i kept waiting for like the shoe to drop and us to find out that she was actually like older and then i realized oh no this is real no we just have to swallow that a 15 year old is engaging in sex work and having as by um you know her own admission sex with hundreds of men she yeah, says they, that at they one put point. that in there i know <laughs> and we also find out that she's been doing it since she was 12 which um, is which by the way look like, we know that this is pot we know that this is the story we know this, that this is a story absolutely this yes it's just i think it's seeing it like acted out is sort of like shocking and startling and it feels what it feels like sometimes in this movie is like they've taken on something that they are not equipped to fully like explore and it feels more like given what the movie ends up being about it feels like 
at times like a little bit of a distraction because it's like if what we're if this movie is about a group of sex workers and this murderer who is like tracking them down i don't really know what making her 15 does for the story other than like sensationalize it a little bit it doesn't add anything to it and honestly like the school element of this which obviously it contributes to like a certain kind of pressure but you could have also made her like a college student at an elite university and that would have sort of done something very similar i will say that what it does what it does is it makes her which there are other ways to do this too but it makes her extremely vulnerable in terms of like there's the character that we mentioned earlier who by the way this is what i was going to mention really quickly lieutenant lieutenant andrews who's played by cliff Mm -hmm. gorman we were watching this movie and then right after as i mentioned earlier i've been deep in this murder she wrote hole we put Mm -hmm. on murder she wrote and Lieutenant Gorman was the guest star that week on Murder, She Wrote. Stop. And I, I swear to God, Jane, within five minutes of stopping this movie, the first thing I put on was Murder, She Wrote. And I was like, oh, my oh God. Oh, my nev- God. I don't think I've ever seen this actor before. And then I was like, that cannot be the same person. Like We were literally, of all of the hundreds of episodes of Murder, She Wrote, the next one that we watch is the one that Cliff Gorman is also starring in. So that blew my mind. That's um, crazy. Because I've and, never seen him anywhere right? else. Me neither. And uh, got double dose. So it's like, <laughs> check your records because apparently that IMDb is full of credits and you better check with the girl, Gorman estate because everybody's <laughs> because eating over there. been booked and busy. He's been booked and busy. Okay? So there's no Cliff Gorman slander here. He stayed working. Even playing an ineffective de- detective or lieutenant. <laughs> Can we talk about our introduction to the lieutenant? Absolutely. <laughs> with that ice cream is, cone? With that ice cream cone! He is going to town on it's this ice much. cream cone. It's like, we first of all, we get this super long shot of Hollywood Boulevard and saw the, like, riffraff that's going on and you just see performers and sex workers and, you know, Kit, who's... I don't know if he thinks he's a cowboy or he's playing a cowboy. Like, it's really... His mental state is unclear in this movie. Um, especially because at one point he holds a gun to someone at a restaurant who's supposed to be the executor of his estate and he goes, I'm not going into a retirement home! Which is like an incredibly weird element to add, to add to the story with zero follow-through. Well, yeah, it's like this older, we said like Sam Elliott, obviously like Sam Elliott, more Sam Elliott present day than Sam Elliott in the 80s. Absolutely. Um, but like it is Rory Calhoun, um, and he, he's he's who plays the part, and he is a cowboy. That's his sort of street performer thing. And then May, um, the character who's referred to as May, she is another friend of Angel's, and she's they credit her. I noticed in synopses as like a drag performer, but it's unclear if that's like the full story of May's existence. So- I, so I do want to talk about May, and I specifically want to talk about that, but let me just finish my thought about the lieutenant with the ice yes. cream cone, because I don't want to leave people hanging. Oh, and I know you know they are, yeah. Are you, right well, no, we kind of do that a lot, where we're like, start something, and then we never Who, us? resolve. <laughs> it's feedback we've received, okay? And I'm just trying to close the loop. So... <laughs> Got some listeners out there with some critiques. Okay. Look, you know what? And we'll take them because we they're are. Not, no, they're not wrong. They're not wrong. They're not wrong. They're not wrong. Um, if your critique is wrong, we will not take it. And I think that is um, certainly um, up to us. But, anyways, 
so we have this shot of Hollywood Boulevard, all the, you know, the the colorful nightlife of Hollywood Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And we see the lieutenant leaving an ice cream shop with an enormous ice cream cone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, he runs into another cop and they start talking about this killer. Right. And he's being very casual about it. And he, Lieutenant Andrews, is going to absolute town on this ice cream cone like he has been denied the sweet, sweet cream for years. And it is, to say distracting is an understatement. (laughs) I couldn't, it's like a grown man licking a cone, talking about, and I'm going to read the line that he says about the killer. And he's saying this in between licks. Well, figure he was dumped by his old man when he was a kid. His mother probably sexually abused him. We know he's a necro, which I assume means necrophiliac, a person who has sex with dead people. Probably bisexual. Totally unfounded. Possibly impotent. Why? I don't know. My guess is he wants to get busted. Whatever the case, pal, he's out there somewhere cruising this fucking boulevard. Can you imagine having that casual conversation while absolutely making a meal of an ice cream cone? Yeah, they were probably going for some sort of juxtaposition <laughs> between like this like childhood like merriment of an ice cream cone and like this disgusting conversation. But <laughs> I don't. I yeah, this one didn't quite work out. It was weird. Um, he was licking that thing down, and then at the end of the scene, he hands the ice cream cone. Like, there's still ice cream in the actual cone. It's probably we're well, probably down to like a scoop, but it's like melted down the sides. He hands it to like the beat cop, and he's like, "Get rid of this." And it's like you're the one who's leaving. Like, there's got to be a trash can nearby. Like, and like I don't you understand what this bought is it. If you're and done who, with it, also, that's who fine. Fin- who doesn't finish the ice cream cone? Also, uh, honestly, that to, to me, that is the most suspect thing. It's like I've never been like. Oh, I'm too full for this ice cream cone. I'm going to throw it out. I'd be like, I'm working through it. You know what I think? It Maybe he's lactose intolerant. And maybe he all of a sudden has a poop. And that's why he's like, <gasps> you take care of it. Oh, he's he got like the, the squirts. The squirts creeping up. Squirt McGirt, yeah. I think that's, I think we're on to it. Um, yeah. And then I did want to also talk about Gorman really quickly. We're going into the other character. Who's, that, why do you keep saying Gorman? Who I'm is sorry, Gormand? Cliff Gorman is the actor who plays Lieutenant Andrews. Um, oh, okay. Right, right. But L- Lieutenant Andrews. Uh, so there's also this scene later in the movie. The murderer at this point, who is only called, it's John Deal plays the part. He's only credited as the killer. They don't give him a name because he represents every killer in the world. Um, but John, he's brought in on suspicion after Crystal and you said Don. I thought it was I, Lana. Lana. It was Lana. It's Lana. I just yeah. came up with the name Don because that sounds like it an eighties worked. name. It would have worked. Um, but Crystal and and uh, Lana are both killed. They are two sex mm. workers who were friends who ran with uh, Angel's crew. And after they're both murdered separately, um, can I just it, say you do see him like 
having sexual contact with one of their bodies. It's really disgusting. No, it's really disgusting. Also, he the, in this movie, the deaths are really quick. He has like a switchblade that he carries around. He stabs you in. He stabs you in the moment he stabs you. You die. There's a scene where he's where he's with Crystal. They're going towards like a motel room, and then he sees a group of other sex workers who I think he knows are friends of hers, and he pulls her into like this alcove. And then he puts his hand over her mouth to muffle, and she's sort of freaking out, and then he stabs her. And the moment the knife hits her body... She's dead. dead. She's dead. And then he does try to have sex with her dead body, but, like, it's also, it's, like, so clear that it's, like... She couldn't be breathing more. She, like, it's just an actor lying there. So, like, not only is, like, the idea of that horrifying and, like, should be approached with, like, the most, like, careful, thoughtful, you know, um, approach from the directors and the writers, but it was, like, she, it looks like a, it's, like, a comedy bit. Like, she's she's laying there they well they do several things that aren't helping one is that they put her under this really light colored blanket so like you can see her stomach moving up and down as she's breathing (laughs) um and and two like it's just like the blankets against her skin there's no like there's nothing to sort of like be a barrier between the two so like Mm -hmm. her breathing is like it couldn't be more legible to like the world and so that's happening, and I'm, and it's like, is this a part of it? Is he gonna realize she's got she like a half life and like take her out? Um, but no, she's dead <laughs> no. for our inten- all intents and purposes. Um, yeah. But that happens, and then the second one, Lana's also killed. And this one we discover because Angel, who we never actually see in the act of like sex, we only ever see like the aftermath or like right before. Mm-hmm. But like we see revving her, up for it. Revving up for it. We see her in the yeah. room. There's a John who's in the room. The John goes to the bathroom, and he gives a. a, a thick performance he comes out of the bathroom he doesn't utter a word when he comes out of the bathroom he goes in the bathroom she's like taking off her underwear i'm assuming this is before the actual sex act has happened and he goes in the bathroom and he comes out and he's just going back is weirdly to her he like won't look at her so you don't know if he's hurt or not Dave referred to him as Beefy Sudeikis because he looked a little bit like a thicker Jason Sudeikis. Um, and then he slips out of the room. He doesn't utter a word. And it's just like, that's not how humans behave. Like, you would turn to her and say, oh, my God, there's a dead body. You wouldn't just go, oh, oh. Well... I mean, his character is horrible. And I did write down the things that he said to her right before they entered the hotel room to have sex, which were when she, I think she, I don't remember what she tried to do, but she tried to like. And this is Angel, by the way, our leading lady. Yes, Angel, our 15 year old sex worker. And she's going to this um, hotel room that she shares with Lana to have sex with him. And they discover Lana's dead body there. And she. I think she goes a little bit of he- ahead of him and he goes, hold on, you're not going anywhere, cunt! And like, <laughs> grabs her and then he says, you better be 14, baby, or I'm gonna throw you out for being too old. And it is <laughs> awful. I'm only laughing because A, I'm a bad person, and B, because it is, it's, it's, it's the, it's, simultaneously the funniest thing I've ever heard and the worst thing I've ever heard it's just so we're clear somehow I missed that dialogue so this is shocking for me right now I missed that moment and that's on me Um, how did you miss that I don't know how I missed it but this is that's appalling it's probably one of the worst lines in this movie where I literally there's a couple of doozies baby 
If I had pearls to... There's a couple, but this is the one where it's like, if I had pearls to clutch, I would be clutching them. Angel goes in the bathroom after he leaves, because she still doesn't know why he's reacting the way he is. And she goes in the bathroom, she pulls back the shower curtain, and there's the body of her friend Lana. And then, Mm -hmm. like, she's... This is one of... This actress does a pretty good job, I think, in this movie. This is one of the moments where it gets away from me. I actually... Yeah, I thought, aside from this scene, she did well with what she had. Yeah, she did. This scene was one where I felt like it was... was like first they shot it was pov so it's from mm-hmm. the body that's slumped on the ground it's lo- shot looking up at her and she wasn't able to encapsulate the horror of this moment and it looked like they just they just picked what they could together to give us to give us anguish when really they should have just gotten a scream from her and done a quick cut because yeah. that would have been more effective than 30 seconds of her like attempting to retch um, she's like trying to have a breakdown it's like my note from that moment is like she like she like moves to the back of the wall of the bathroom and then like slumps down in a squatting position and it looks like she's trying to take a shit honestly and she may looks, have been and it looks like she's trying to pass a really tough shit if she got caught in that uh, caught up with that ice cream that lieutenant andrews had earlier then it may have just been she may have had <laughs> if, bubble guts and it may have had nothing to do with seeing the dead body. It may have been, oh my god, this dead body, but also, oh my god, I have to take a shit. Can you imagine? What if you had diarrhea, you ran in a bathroom, and there was a dead body, and then you have to, like, decide which thing do you do? Like, do you deal with that? Or do you take a shit first? Talk about a Sophie's fucking choice. I don't know what I would do. Like, would you also, like, lose your faculties and just shit in your pants? Because you were so horrified? By what you saw, I don't know. I would, that is that is a really good question. Also, afterwards, if you do decide to drop a duke in this toilet, then afterwards, do you like? Are you like? I gotta let the bathroom air out before like I call anybody. No, 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 no. Well, then hold on. Well, then what do you do when the detective shows up? They find the dead body, and then they're also like, yeah, and it smells like shit in here too. I wonder if that has anything to do with the body, or if somebody took a completely unrelated shit in this toilet, and then you like poke your head in to be like, hey, it's so clear. <laughs> I will tell you what. I would be so fucking honest <laughs> because I would be so like in that moment I'd be so horrified. What would like, you say, Jane? Let's I'll let's let's what. have the moment. Hold on, let's have the moment. I'm the detective. Oh man, can't believe this perp killed another one. We gotta find that sob. Oh death! It yeah, it reeks of death, but it also reeks of shit. It smells like shit in here, Maroni. Do you think that's got something to do with this dead body, or do you think that's just a separate sort of shit that was adjacent to um, this situation? If I, if I could just pipe in here, oh, yeah, officer. the witness. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. gonna call the cops, right? Yeah. So, um, I was, uh, I was running. What's your into name, the ba- by the way? Oh, my name is um. Uh, Quicker. Ma- my name is Marina Del Lavin, and okay, um, cool. <laughs> Very normal, definitely a name that I didn't just come up with. And um, I was running into the bathroom with... um, Why? Uh, with some quickness, because as you see, I had an ice cream cone and... I don't see... Well, I, I I I did eat the ice cream cone, and I it was against my better judgment. I knew that I'm I'm lactose intolerant, and what does that mean? What does it do to your body if you're lactose intolerant? <laughs> well, I expel um, uh, a, a a pretty quick and dirty bowel movement when I when I eat okay. um, dairy. Sure, sure. And so I uh, 
I, I had to let it go. And as I was pulling down my pants and sitting on the toilet, that's when I discovered the body. And I just... You must have stopped in that moment then when you saw the body. Because, right? Officer, officer if I could, I would have. But instead, I was so shocked. That you continue really with your dump? Everything came out of me without my permission. It was fast. It was fast. I got it out. And then um, I... You didn't scream with horror as you saw the body? Of course I did. Of course I did. So you screamed as you were pooping? (laughs) I screamed and shat, yes. I screamed, shat, let it... (laughs) This isn't funny. Stop laughing. The dead body. And then you... Did you call the cops while while you were pooping? No, I um, cleaned up and then, well, I wiped. I didn't clean up. It wasn't, you know, Uh I didn't clean up anything in the crime scene. Um, Looks like you barely cleaned that toilet based on that Pollock paint you left under the seat. (laughs) Okay. And I think the listeners get the point now. Okay. So, yeah. So we find this body. She has this moment. That's the second body that we see in the movie. And then Please Angel- cut that. Please. Oh my god, we have to leave that in, Jane. Are you kidding me? That was poetry. Okay. Um, so then we so the body. So now we have two we have these two witnesses. And then they, they bring in Angel because Angel has saw. Angel saw like she didn't see him fully, but she saw him with Lana. Like from a distance, like across the street. Mm-hmm. And so they bring her in because they're trying to track down who this person is who's killing um, the sex workers in the area. And she's the person. And so behind like the, the, the two-way glass, she's mm. seated with the detective, Lieutenant Andrews, and she's looking at um, John's that they've brought in. And, you know, they're asking her to look at the lineup and pick him. And like at the same time that this is happening, uh, one of the beat cops comes into the room, I think to bring another cop like coffee or something. And they're mm. basically, she says, I'm not 100% sure from these men that I'm looking at. Also, if- the lighting in this room is like if you had one tiny flashlight and you held it underneath a group of grown men, like you can't see their faces. Like it's not good lighting. And it's not so, lighting for a lineup where the most it's important not thing is their faces. Where it needs to be like so bright, you know exactly what you're looking at. And so she can't see. And then as they're leaving and they turn, she can she kind of gets a glimpse of this guy who is the killer. And she says, it's him, it's him. But as she's saying that, the detective is on the is on um, the microphone. They've basically dismissed all of the men. They're leaving the room. He goes on the microphone to say for the for the cop that's in the room, he has his gun on in his holster, and he says, "I want him out of there. I don't want so I don't want this guy who's got a gun in his holster in the room with this group of potential like you know killers. So I want okay. him out. But as he says that. Angel, the mic is still hot because he's talking to the people through the um, through the mirror, through the microphone. So mm-hmm. it's like an overhead sort of like microphone. And she says, that's him. That's him. He's the one at the end. And the guy hears her through the microphone. And he grabs the, det- the cop. He pulls his gun out. And he just shoots up a bunch of people. Like, he shoots up a bunch of, like, he, a bunch of suspects. He shoots up a bunch of cops. He shoots up everybody to get he out of here. He grabs, like, a couple people to hold them hostage and just shoots people and runs out of the police station. And I have to think, it's... It should be a lot harder for him to do that because number one, when you grab a gun out of a holster, you have to un- unlatch it right? it, right? Like, 
So he shouldn't be able to have he such quick have access to that gun. He grabs it so fast. And he gets out of the building. He shoots a bunch of people. He shoots a bunch of people in the parking lot, too. And then he takes off. It's a mess. Angel. And then, like, one of the first shocking things that Lieutenant Andrews does happen. <laughs> he is in the parking lot with Angel. The killer has run off. And he's like, don't worry. We're going to catch him. And then he, like, ushers Angel to, like, a cop car, and he takes her home. Mm -hmm. So he runs out of the police station where multiple people have just been murdered. (laughs) I didn't think about this. Oh, I did instantly. I was like, you you two can't leave? There's so many questions about what just occurred. He's killed, like, ten people. And the the lieutenant literally turns to Angel, and he goes, all right, no, no problem. We'll take care of it. And then he he drives her to her house. And I'm like, there have to be people who are at this police station. Like, where's, where, first of all, we're trying to identify all the bodies. Like, was Lieutenant Andrews killed? Where's the witness? Like, what happened? They're not just, she wasn't just a witness to what he did before. She's also now one of the only, like, the eyewitnesses to what happened in the room where the lineup was being held. Like, we need to talk to these two people. But they are gone. <laughs> Lieutenant Andrews is done. He's like, they will put the pieces together. He leaves this very active crime scene. They, I mean, they literally, there's a shootout where he leaves. They chase him outside. He runs away. He escapes. And then they He's, leave. They get in the car from the parking lot. He, they doesn't, leave. he doesn't call to make sure anybody's okay. He no, is no, no. clocking which, out. Which becomes a recurring theme for our lieutenant in this in this movie. Um, I didn't even clock any two of this. more times. When the lieutenant's done with a crime scene, baby, he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess he just trusted out. He's like, y'all grown. Y'all figure it out. He leaves. He forces his way into Angel's home without It can't consent. all be on me. Oh my God, this is so annoying. He like, he pushes his way into the house. She's like, don't come in, don't come in. By the way, in the beginning of the movie, Angel, we never see Angel's mother, but she is feeding us the story that her mother has had a stroke and is paralyzed and is bedridden. And she's taking care of her. But as soon as she said that, I was like... Angel doesn't have a mother. That mother is not there. The angel is living there alone. Oh, I thought Dave actually mentioned, which I think I kind of thought was a Norman Bates thing going on where Angel's, because we see her going to a room to put <laughs> Y'all something down. Like, you guys Dave, are doing too much with this movie and expecting way too goddamn much from and this. And Dave mentioned, oh, the mom's probably dead in there. And I thought the same thing. I thought they were going to open the door and it was going to be like, the mom is like mummified. Um, but the room's just empty and it turns out that the mom just skipped town. And we also know that her dad skipped town. We find that out early in the movie. People keep saying, Saying, oh, well, your dad, your dad, I remember your dad. And I thought her dad died heroically saving somebody in the neighborhood. And then we yeah. find out that he just he just deuced. So her mom and her dad separately just abandoned her. Um, and- her dad, the Terrazzo Stone artist. <laughs> Did you clock this? No. In the beginning of the movie, they're sitting in the diner. It's Angel, Lana, Crystal, and May. And they're all like, it's like they're having their night out on Hollywood Boulevard trying to get their Johns. They're stopping for coffee, I guess. They're not talking about anything particular. And she just goes, hey, did I ever tell you that my dad, he helped make a a lot of these stars on the Hollywood Boulevard? He was a Terrazzo Stone artist. And I was like, I turned to Tara and I was like, what? <laughs> why, would, why would we ever need that detail? No, I've never heard anybody say the term Terrazzo Stone Artist at any point in a movie before. And was that like, is his chosen <laughs> field and that is his chosen medium. 
Okay. So don't bring him any brick. (laughs) Don't bring him any concrete. It's terrazzo or bust, baby. And she wants to make it clear. Terrazzo stone. He is classy. She's like, oh, they're like, oh, so your dad, like, he, like, just dealt with, like, he, like, moved stone around and stuff. Did I? Maybe I, maybe you didn't fucking hear me. Uh, maybe you didn't hear me because there was a lot of people walking around. I could have sworn that I mentioned the marble adjacent stone that is Toronto, which takes labor to make. I didn't say a damn thing about mortar. I didn't say a damn thing about that trash concrete outside. And I don't know if you heard me utter the phrase artist, but he's not no fucking builder. He's a goddamn artist. He used his hands, mama. <laughs> they brought him in because they knew that Gino brought the artistry. Okay? <laughs> so, Terrazzo Stone Artist, baby, you better get into it. Angel had a Terrazzo Artist for a father, and she drags her mother at one point. She gets a really good dig in. She says her mother leaves her this letter, basically saying, you know, I'm dipping out and I'm gonna find a man. I got this guy who wants to do something. He wants to get me to New York. I'm out of here. Leaves her a hundred bucks and is like, make away, baby. And then she says he probably he probably dumped her in. He probably dumped her in Phoenix. I think is the line. That no, she says. she says she. I bet she was single by Cleveland. Yeah, which is really. And then Dave which said, "I so love shady. this character." And um, she threw him out. Although, and, and oh, and what we're gonna say was that the lieutenant, like he's seen her early in the movie out on the streets, like mm-hmm. he's seen her working, and he's sort of, I think, suspicious of her because she does look young. And then he get, catches a glimpse of her while he's out patrolling. He catches a glimpse of her getting on a school bus. And he follows the school bus to this, you know, elite high school that she attends. It's what well, it be a private high school. And then that's where he sort of... So then when this comes, she comes into the lineup and everything, his mind's already sort of tuned in a certain way. Then he mm-hmm. goes to her apartment. He lets himself in. He's looking around for this mom. And this is when he sort of... She, she, she tells him the tale of her dad who left and then her mom who left. And now she's a 15-year-old living in an apartment, supporting herself through sex work. And also go, making straight A's in, like, this elite private high school. So, like, there's a lot on the table. But to his credit, he doesn't... Like, she says, I won't go to a group home. I don't want to be put in the foster system. Like, I won't stay. And he basically is like, I don't know what I'm going to do. But for right now, I'm just going to leave the situation be and ask you to stay off the streets because there's this murder on the loose so like but this is also around the same time that we really start to understand her relationship with the characters of Sally Mossler played by Susan Mm -hmm. Tyrell and then the character of May played by Dick Sean who we mentioned earlier May sort of operates with in the with cowboy Kit Carlson character she plays like a May West type character to his um Kit Carlson cowboy so they do a little like it may not be all they do, but they do a little bit act on um, Hollywood Boulevard for like the tourists and stuff, where they're like out there, oh, sort of. Interesting. like... interesting. I thought May was another sex worker as well. I May may do more than one thing, um, mm-hmm. but Dave was the one who actually clocked the May West moment with Kit Carlson, where they're out there performing together and she's singing mm-hmm. alongside Kit, and like they're making this money. I didn't catch money. that at all. So yeah. I think that maybe she she probably's got her hands on a lot of bags. She's maybe. diversifying things, Absolutely. and I, that's great. That's great but we did mention me earlier she is she was is sort of this mother figure to um to molly slash angel and takes care of her makes sure she's okay and we don't know how she self-identifies i think like there's a lot of 
um, language within like the write-ups of this movie from 1984 that necessarily aren't right but it's I don't know if she's a drag performer specifically because it seems like she lives as this character May whenever we see her whenever we see her she seems to fully be living in in this world with the exception of like part of one scene but only within Mm -hmm. that scene I think that's only a plot device to set up the birdcage style moment that they try and create later on in the movie upstairs in the apartment right and they live in the same apartment building and she seems to be living um, as she does you know as May so I would assume the language is the character is trans but um, again it's 1984 that don't really have the language for it a lens a 40 year old lens you know and so it is unclear but she is best friends with the the person who appears to be the super for the building um which is another yeah. character where like gender seem to be sort of like intriguing as well um because may and sally seem to be like foils for each other they give it to each yes. other constantly and it they- is pretty hilarious it is hilarious, and you are trying to figure out whether they like each other or not because they spend a lot of time together. So Sally is clearly a lesbian. He calls her Dyke a few times, and she's got short hair and um, is, you know, giving 1984 lesbian realness. But we do have to address the eyebrows, and that's something that we cannot leave here today without addressing Sally's eyebrows. Sally's eyebrows are painted on. I think that Susan Tyrell, who played the character of Sally, a lot of images I saw of her, she also has, like really intense like painted on eyebrows so i was curious if this was like a character thing or if this This is a character thing okay okay because i've seen other images of her where she's doing eyebrows that remind me a lot of these and so i wasn't sure if this was more her sort of like i'm gonna make myself stand out i have this is my distinct look that i'm selling when i go to these auditions or what well, the pictures I've seen of mm-hmm. the actor Susan Tyrell, it's like the she does have a lot of like fun makeup with her characters. Okay. But they she doesn't have eyebrows like this. This is Yeah, a very no, these are thing. these are very very pronounced. And they're so I was talking to Tara about them and she was like, they remind me of like 1970s, like punk, like Chelsea girls from London, I nice. guess. So I think that's probably the inspiration. Okay. Cause okay. they're, they're literally drawn on with like a Sharpie or like a black, like, you know, swath of paint. And you can see her other, her real eyebrows underneath them as well. Okay. But so then maybe I was reading too much into that moment. They're painted on like she's angry, though. (laughs) Yeah, like always. And it is, I mean, dare I say, (laughs) a bit too much. (laughs) It's a lot. And like Mm -hmm. also with this character, there's this weird moment where she and May are downstairs. Angel goes upstairs to the apartment. She appears to be like, Sally appears to be like a super for the building of some sort. Mm -hmm. And Angel goes into the apartment, and then Sally says something like, oh, she's, you know, she's getting, you know, she's really growing up. And then May says something to the effect of, like, she's off limits or something. And it's like, oh, I thought that you both were, like, parental sort of, like, figures or people that were, like, guiding her. Like, the fact that that comment has to be made, and the fact that Sally didn't, like, recoil, like, in shock at hearing it, and, like issue some sort of, like, correction of, like, whoa, you misinterpreted what I meant. Or, like, never. There wasn't that at all. It seems like... 
There wasn't that, but at the same time, it kind of felt like, okay, well, this is how these two might rag on each other. And maybe too. that's what it is. Maybe that's all it was, but it was like funny to let it, it float out there. Yeah. It was like, with us in, in our 2022 lens where we're like, it's not cool to make jokes about sleeping with a 15 year old. <laughs> like yeah. that I think was something clearly with like the things, the other things we've called out about like, you know, underage shit. This movie is a lot more comfortable with it than we are today. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know if it was a real thing, like she's a predator, or May was just making a joke at her expense. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't know either. It's very unclear. Um, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, we were uncomfortable uh, with it in this it film was, as well. Yeah, it was, it was perplexing. <laughs> also, Dick Sean, who played the role of May, had this like kind of like wild career. Um, he was in, he starred in um, The Producers. He played the actor who ends up, apparently, I've never seen The Producers actually. He played the, the actor that ends up playing Hitler, gets cast as Hitler in The Producers, the Mel Brooks film. Ah, And okay. he also filled in for Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show what? with Johnny Carson as a guest host. And he, he was hosting on The Johnny Carson Show the night that the last cigarette ad aired on like during the broadcast of the Johnny Carson show apparently it aired 1 minute before cigarette ads were outlawed whoa isn't that kind of like a crazy piece of like history that is crazy was he a comedian or something like i think just like a character actor um oh, wow. but i thought that was super interesting also just like uh, dick Sean plays the character of may and may is just like she's got some of the best quips like ever in she this does. movie and there's a scene towards the end of the movie where the killer tracks down Angel to Angel's apartment, and May is at the in the apartment by herself, and the killer comes in, and they have a 20 minute like fight scene that I was it convinced is so long. It's so long, <laughs> and I was convinced because they're like flipping over furniture, they're in the kitchen, they're all over this apartment, and I was like convinced that May was going to be victorious because in between like slugs, she would throw out like a really sassy like one liner. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's no way she's gonna die. Like, of course she's, not. She's she is hot right now. She's got nothing but like but comments. And then they kill her, which really pissed me off because I was like, we don't like. How does she have to die? Like, can we just injure her and send her to the hospital? Like, it's just like right. every time somebody dies, all you can think about is the fact that there's like one less person who's a part of this support system for this like 15 year old who's like we're trying to like navigate this world for her and it's just like man she lost another support like part of her support system she's already lost two of her you know friends who must have been like sisterly figures at the very least in lana and um in crystal so it was like when may we lost her but also this was a scene where solly discovers the body may is not dead when solly comes in but like Solly's acting like May's already deceased, and like Dave kept screaming at the television, like call, call, Bob. you can still call the hospital. It's like you two are having a conversation. One hundred percent, um, Carrie and Big Vibes from Sex and the City with. Oh, I don't and, know what that means. Uh, okay, so I won't. I don't want to spoil anything for you. Oh, okay. But um, why the fuck is she sitting there crying over it, May when May is literally coherent enough to have a conversation and it's like go call an ambulance. I feel like May could have lived. I and feel I feel like, like that's on Solly. I feel like May could have lived too. And then the and then Lieutenant Andrews shows up with um Angel, Molly, slash Molly, when they get to the apartment, the lieutenant is informed that the killer was here and that the killer and that the killer has killed uh, may <laughs> and the lieutenant once again he calls it in 
and then he hits the streets. He's like, Solly, you explain to them what happened. I'm on the I'm on the road again. And he is in the streets. And this time we've got now Molly, who who got herself a little gun early in the movie. Um, she's on the she's on the hunt for this killer. And before I get into that, I do want to mention that this gun, it's a tiny little gun. When when I saw her get it, I was like, uh oh. And then we find out really quickly that she needs it. Because that mm-hmm. asshole Rick character that we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. who goes to the high school that she goes to and feels like he's been slighted by her because she's just like throws it in his face whenever he tries to like make a move on her. She is on she's out on Hollywood Boulevard, you know, working the street, um, doing her beat that she normally does. And she is on the corner and he drives by. And I did have the thought like Angel slash Molly mentions that she's been doing she's been doing sex work for about three years mm-hmm. since she was twelve, and I just thought like you go to this private school which doesn't appear to be that far away from Hollywood Boulevard, so I'm like right. I don't understand how no one else has seen you. Like I also she doesn't wear a wig either. By the way, like it's like there are ways you could maybe like if you're trying to keep these two identities like right. all you're doing is taking like she could hand a Montana and yeah she could and like she doesn't well, do that. Also, okay, I've got a couple things to say to all the things that you just said. Sorry, that was a lot. No, 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 that's okay. But I really want to say, number one, um, one of the ways they separate Molly from Angel is Mm. when Molly goes to school, they put her in these fucking pigtails, which are like these ringlet curl pigtails. She literally looks like a porcelain doll. It is the most like performing childhood moment of the fucking yeah, it's movie. It's so weird. And she wears them every day to school and it's like this weird thing where it's like, see, I'm still a kid. But then she gets onto Hollywood Boulevard and she takes her out and she's like, and now I'm a woman. And it's too much. Yeah. And it is uh, it, well I mean I don't think this movie is known for its subtlety but this certainly is another one in the column of beating you in the face with it um, she's a so kid here <laughs> she's, she's behaving like here. an adult here you get the difference you see this you see this red lace up dress that she just put on you see her take off those Mary Janes <laughs> she's turning straight into a whore it's also doing um, this really weird gross thing for like men who are probably like into this whole like school girl thing as well of course, with like of course. the little socks and it's like ooh and then she's like now she's in like this sexy outfit uh, I'm sure there was so yeah, many like, I mean it doesn't guys. make me it doesn't make me feel great about the person who wrote and directed this Richard something because I feel like w- explain yourself Richard um, Richard Vincent O'Neill baby wrote and directed <laughs> yeah of course he did and I'm sure he 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 had his he did whatever he needed to do in order to get his fantasy on screen um <laughs> so fucking sick um <laughs> and then the second thing <laughs> so when Rick drives by Hollywood Boulevard he sees Molly slash Angel you know working the street doing her thing he pulls up to her and he immediately goes he he goes oh my god that's Molly she's a prostitute and I was like okay she's actually not dressed like she's just like wearing, what you would think of no. she's wearing actually like a like thigh length dress some small heels with like um ankle socks with them like she looks like a normal she looks like, she, she looks like a teenage girl who's like going out to the movies or maybe going to like yes. grab a like you know a soda at the yeah. you know 
a yeah, reg- absolutely. Like a, a regular 1984 teenager. She's, She's wearing. She, it's almost like a like the 80s, like an 80s like version of like a flapper dress. It goes yeah. down to like her knees. It's a long dress. It has capped sleeves, and she's wearing like oh one of those like long like black. It's a pink dress, and she's wearing like a long like uh black beaded necklace, and she's got like like ribbons in her hair. Like there's yeah. nothing about this that's like she could it's literally like, just be hanging out. There's so many people just hanging 100%, out. One hundred percent. There's a lot going on on Hollywood Boulevard. There's like it's it it makes zero sense for him to immediately be like that's my classmate classmate. She's a hawker, and it's like okay. Um, way to jump to conclusions, and then they of course take her in a car and they say pull, sorry. They pull up beside her. It's three of them, and it's him, and then his two like lack. They pull up next to her on the curb. They grab her around the waist, put their her, put the other hand over her mouth, and pull her into the car, and then pull off. It's like they yep. abduct her. They they fully fully abduct her. And the way the way that they like haul her off is like what I feel like they tell you when you're like six years old. Like this is how someone's gonna gonna kidnap you, kicking and screaming, and they do just that. And um they are essentially going to like violate her in this car but she luckily has the gun and pulls it on them and um they say absolutely disgusting things to her i forget what they say i was i I think i wrote it down but well i well uh, yeah i wrote down um yeah i wrote down a couple of them some of the the one of the more appalling things um that they say there's a scene where they pull her into the car basically and they're talking they take her to this alley they're talking about assaulting her basically and then she says she's trying to get out of it and she says like i don't want to get pregnant and then rick says tough shit we don't use rubbers <laughs> Oh, like, I found I found I wrote down the quotes from this, but yeah, I, I just yeah, found that them. was the one that I was like, what? Like, yeah. also, we don't use rubbers for several reasons. Appalling. Oh, Number horrifying. one is like y'all just do this a lot together. Yeah, if this is and like, Dave was like, here. yeah, they probably do. They probably just disgust. They probably just disgusting guys who like do this kind of thing and like abduct women, and like it is just like what's happening right now. Yeah, and he, one of the guy goes, "Come on, Molly, show us your whisper biscuit," which That's is right. whisker biscuit. <laughs> oh, sorry, whisker. I wrote down whisper, but it is whisker. It um, is. It's so gross. The guy in the front seat next to him, like lacking yeah. number one, and then Molly pulls out that lead, which is the well, only thing. Well, what happened? There's another line that I wrote down, which I actually wanted to dissect with you. Okay. He. He goes, I think this is Rick, who says, we're going to show you a new meaning of gangbang. And I thought, huh. That's the old meaning. That's why. Does it mean something else that I don't think it means? Because this is is exactly what I think it means. It's, I mean, I guess it would be a gangbang without consent, which is horrible. Which is just a rape. Yeah, Um, exactly. Yeah, no, I thought the exact same thing. I was like, this is just the meaning. Um... Shakespeare here Uh, but yeah and then she pulls out the gun and makes him get out of the car and then when they get out of the car it's it's revealed that Rick has pissed himself and (laughs) and his friends start laughing at him and then Molly takes off and Dave said he wanted her to shoot like the tires of the car and I said I want her to make them strip naked and then like walk on Hollywood Boulevard um 
Oh, and that's interesting. I, I wanted, wanted them. Her... To, I wanted her to degrade. Them. Oh, I wanted her to shoot them all in the dicks. Yeah, that would have been good too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because what ultimately happens is Rick goes back to school, and you think Rick would just want to shut his fucking mouth, but instead he tells everybody about it to get in front of this whole pissgate story that's going to be unveiled about him. And then Molly's ostracized basically by her classmates because now they know that she does sex work, and. Uh, yeah, this is sort of the end of Molly's like masquerade, and uh, she runs to the arms of the lieutenant, which is sort of like where that relationship like starts between the two of them. She like cries on his shoulder. Well, it's not a sexual relationship, but there's a no. vibe there that makes me uncomfortable. It and... seems like it makes him. It seems to me like it makes him uncomfortable, or like he yeah. doesn't know what to do with it, or like they didn't think this part out. It seems like the actor was trying to figure out like. How, how to do like I negotiate this? this like role and he probably had a director who was just like we need more shots of those Mary Janes and those tiny <laughs> socks I don't care what you do kid also okay there's a couple things that I want to mention too there's uh, so many um, there's like a handful of like women's locker scenes locker room scenes yes and <laughs> let me like tell high you. school high school like high, high school s- locker room I- scenes yes high school locker room scenes and the way these women are walking around naked is something i have never seen in my fucking life in a women's locker room it is wild there's a scene with the cheerleaders where the cheerleaders are all wearing cheerleading skirts and they're all bare-breasted and then they all grab they're they're all wearing like you know what cheerleaders have all sorts of outfits but one of them is like the vest like the sweater vest the sweater they all grab their sweater vest and throw them on over over their bra chests and they run out to the field and I'm like what's gonna happen when y'all start like tumbling and doing flips those girls are not gonna stay stay put I'm so glad you I'm so glad you clogged that because Tara and I both like uh no 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 we know cheerleaders we knew cheerleaders in high school and I watched cheer of course you gotta wear like two sports bras man yes who's gonna be at the top of this pyramid because The gals, y'all are all going to be dealing with things that you don't want to have to be thinking about when you're no. in the field. It's a dangerous, it's a very active and physically demanding sport. But obviously this director didn't care because he wanted, no. he wanted them out. He and he was like, out. and I'm sure somebody was like, you know, this isn't life, right? <laughs> He's like, it's life for me. It's life for me. I want this footage. Action, baby. It was so weird. They all are really happy about it. They all throw these throw these sweater vests on and they hit the field and it's just like (laughs) i can and that's it (laughs) everybody's parents are probably like just shocked just like what what happened what happened to the underneath part that you put on just that huh just the sweater vest all right my bras were all stolen by the coach it's just like i don't know what's going on at the school and the other scene that i'm sure you were going to bring up was Uh there's a scene where they're walking out of the showers and they all it's the it's the women's locker room and it's the scene actually right before Molly comes in and then she overhears him talking about what Rick told them about seeing her um doing sex work on Hollywood Boulevard. But there's a shot right before she comes in of these two women walking from the shower to their lockers. And typically in these high school scenes, you have if you have women in the locker room, they have the to- they have the towel tied around uh, their chest so that it's covering their lower part and it's also covering like the upper part of their chest. In these scenes, they have the towels wrapped around their waist. So these girls are just walking around the locker room with their breasts out, which is like maybe some girls do, I guess. No, it felt no, 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 also. 
not in a high school locker room. Like, this is the thing. This is high school. Everyone in high school is insecure and feels weird and doesn't understand their body. No one is walking around like a confident porn star in a fucking locker room. <laughs> it's, uh, it is, it's, this movie is full of choices and, like, everything. Also, also, yeah. sorry, more on the no, locker room. There is a group female shower, which, let me tell you, I have never heard of in my entire life in women's locker rooms. I know that male locker rooms sometimes have group showers. I've never ever heard of a of a group female sh- um, shower in a women's locker room. But in this movie, it's happening. And we take full advantage of it. By the way, they are in there, and they are they're like they're not they're in such a group. They're actually not even close enough to the water to be completely showering. And we have no. like we have like breasts. We have like lower regions on display. It is unnecessary for this story. Like it doesn't advance totally the unnecessary. one bit. At one, they put point, it in here. at one point, Tara's like making dinner and walking in and out of the room and watching this movie. At one point, she comes and she stands by the TV and. She She's like waiting for something on the oven to beep or whatever. And she goes, there's a lot of bush in this movie. <laughs> I just fucking lost it. it is, there is. It's, it's so gratuitous. It's so gratuitous. Well, it's like all those movies from the 80s that are just like, it's like all of a sudden breasts were just unleashed on the world. Exactly. Um, and anybody is like, hey, what about a penis? I'm like, no. What do you think? Actually, you do see the killer's penis at some like, point. Like, oh, weird. It's just like there's this, he's, he's like, also, he's the disgusting. Is moving you through don't degrees of just his like, penis. of just degrees of wetness. And there's a scene where he's just like wet <laughs> in like so the true. moon, in the moonlight, and his skin just looks juicy. It's gross. They make sure he's, that he's vile. He clearly has watched Taxi Driver, and he was like, this is my Taxi Driver. This is my, which is also probably Jodie Foster and Taxi Driver is probably what made this guy think this was okay. Because Jodie Foster was like 12 years old, famously nominated for an Academy Award for Taxi Driver, mm. which she plays I've like never, a young... I haven't seen that movie before. I but, haven't seen it either, but I know that yeah, Jodie yeah. Foster plays a young uh, sex worker in that movie, I believe. Right. And I'm sure this guy was like, oh, we're on three years on. This is basically, <laughs> this is basically an adult movie. This is fine. Um... And it's not. But he he's standing in a basin. This is after he kills Lana. And he's standing in a basement in a dark, dank room, just scrubbing his naked body. And it, you you see it from the back, but like you do see his dip, dick like flop into the scene at certain it's... points. And I was like, I wonder if like that was not supposed to happen, but like nobody is like like dotting the eyes and like crossing the T's in this movie. Or the director's like, leave it. <laughs> <laughs> little piggy never hurt anybody either. Um, but yeah, so all of this happens, and then we get to the end of the movie after we've lost the lovely May, and mm-hmm. Molly takes to the streets to track down this killer, and it's a big chase scene, and he is now falling in with the Hare Krishna, and he is like in full disguise, but like not fully committed to it. And then well, he he's sees- really he he shaves his head in order to like blend in with the Hare Krishna. Yes. For some reason, the, but he's wearing like their, he's wearing their attire also. And totally, he's like, and he's just like, but he's in the back and like they're all performing and he's just bobbling his head back and forth because he's like really <laughs> no to do anything. And then he takes off and he sees Molly, and then she's chasing him with a gun, and then it's a big sh- it's a big shootout that happens, and the and Lieutenant Andrews is involved, and you know Kit Calhoun's involved, and they end up tracking him down, and he's a he's a moment away in this alley from killing. He's got a gun. He's a moment away from killing. The lieutenant and Molly, and then Kit, who we who was injured earlier by the killer, moments earlier, 
he he unloads that gun on him and he he loads him with about six or eight shots and he finally dies yeah and he finally says his one line of the movie which is it hurts yeah it's like no shit and then (laughs) per per every other crime scene in this movie the lieutenant (laughs) grabs molly and kit puts his arms around him and they head out and I'm like, this are- is a crime scene. <laughs> it is not secured. Where are you going? You are the cop. Like, he's leaving. He is done. He's had his fill for the night. I'm like, are we going to report this anonymously? There's just no. a body, like, that's just out here, and somebody's kid's going to run by. Like, what are we doing? And he's done. And I was like, this is the third crime scene that this detective actively left and disengaged with. He's like, I am not doing his hands. I'm not doing the paperwork. And he's gone. And the three of them leave. And uh, and then the credits roll. And we don't find out anything about Molly. We don't. We, we do meet a weird guidance counselor character who like is a little bit too involved in Molly's life at times. Who yeah. I kind of was hoping was going to pull like Miss Honey maybe and like adopt Molly or something. Yeah. Um, I also don't understand. But we don't why, get any follow up. We have no. I idea. also don't understand why Molly doesn't like live with May. Like I don't understand why Molly like. Is I just know. Unlo- I, it's it's really it's really well, because, unclear well, because why because Molly's been lying. Everybody. I think Molly's been lying, yeah, for sure. Well, because May, it appears May Solly doesn't, doesn't know for sure. When Solly yeah. comes up to collect rent, Molly says Molly pretends like she's getting the rent from her mother's bedroom and comes in and hands it to Solly. So it's very possible that May also doesn't fully know, but then May I think May knows a little bit more than Solly does, maybe. It's possible. Yeah. Um She knows he, enough to know that she has to pretend to be to run upstairs and pretend to be Molly's <laughs> mother for like us to try and pretend to be Molly's mother. So like which and like the jig is up instantly instantly <laughs> um and so yeah there's sort a lot of, of like, wasted effort in that crazy sense. characters in this movie that we don't fully ever visit again and it's all left sort of like floating around so when the killer shaves his head and joins the Hare krishna doesn't he kind of look like um john malkovich a little bit i could see that yeah 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 like a younger john malkovich yeah yeah, and like a more disgusting John Malkovich just because of the character he plays. I'm sure the actor himself is not disgusting, but obviously he plays a psycho killer. So oh, he does it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I would say that's the movie Angel. If you guys want to watch it, you should. It's on Tubi. You should give it a watch. It was, uh, it was a wild adventure, and you better believe I'm curious about what's coming up next for Angel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well... We got two more movies to find out what's going on yeah, with her. We do. So uh, yeah, and Jane, I have a question for you. Mm. Um, is this a movie that you would watch again? Um, I, this is a movie I'd watch again in like a year. Okay, needs a little breather. Yeah. Need a little breather. I, I need you. a little breather because I did watch it twice, and I was like, okay, okay that's enough. <laughs> but right. I want to watch it in a year, like with people, because it's funny. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Um, and then a second question for you. Do you have anything you want me to me to take a look at? I do. I have something prepared for next week. You know, we are in the fall season and we're settling down. Some might call it cuffing season. We're getting cozy mm. and cute and romantic. And so you and I are going to visit the romantic say it's a romantic comedy hmm. um it's called imagine me and you never seen it i sort of the premise of this whole podcast so i'm shut up hoping. shut up don't ever get smug <laughs> with me like that i will do whatever i want on my podcast 
Well, uh, have me be a guest on yours, okay? Because right now, you're in my house. <laughs> and on that note, why don't you sign us off? And why don't you read? Why don't you let don't us know about you where they dare. Come from the back you, of us? You knew I was just about to go into my no, sign off. You do as you're told. And you wanted to make it seem like you, you were telling me to do the sign off. Because but I, told I was you to gonna do it because it's my podcast and my show, and I edit. Maybe you were gonna do it, but you're so, definitely gonna do it now. Thank Start. you. <laughs> everybody to all our listeners we Mm -hmm. hope you enjoyed this wild ride talking about the incredible 1984 cinematic masterpiece angel if you want to keep up with us during the week not just when we drop podcasts you can go ahead and tell them where they can find us Hey, you, you're you're fucking fired. You can follow us on social media. You can find us Wait. on Instagram and Facebook. Now tell them about Twitter. At movies we missed, and you can find us on Twitter at MWM Chat. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because I'm just having fun. Okay, <laughs> I'm I thought I said, myself. I thought I said something that was wrong. Um, oh, you did. We uh, fucking. <laughs> I can't wait to cut you out of. Everything. Your will? Oh. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, we love you guys. We, despite appearances, love each other. Oh, yeah. And we love the producer and editor of this podcast. And yep. we appreciate each and every one of you. We shall see you next week for Imagine Me and You. Bye. I bet she was single by Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs>